Hey guys, welcome to this week's edition of the Original Strength Podcast. And yes, I'm calling it the podcast until I think of a better, more clever name that I want to call it. But anyway, this week we have a very special guest, uh, Mr. Dan John. Uh, if you don't know Dan John, he is a world-famous strength and conditioning coach. He has written uh, 14 books. He travels the world uh, giving lectures um, on strength and conditioning. Really, he to me, he is an expert in how the body's designed to move, and he takes a very no-nonsense basic approach to training the body so that it can stay healthy throughout a lifetime. Now, the reason I'm giving you this introduction is, is because Dan John mentions uh, during our interview several times that I was sick. Um, so just to give you a little bit of context to that, about a month ago in October uh, 2019, depending on when you're watching this, I was in the Philippines doing a Becoming Bulletproof retreat of all things. So uh, training people how to train or how I train uh, in order to uh, build a very strong and resilient body. Anyway, while I was there, I got pretty sick. And when I say pretty sick, I was really, really sick. Uh, lost several, several pounds during that uh, incident. I was really fortunate to be able to make it back home. Um, to me, that's a miracle in and of itself. Uh, there's so many miracles that happened in that. Anyway, my perspective has changed on the little things in life. I truly appreciate uh, water. I truly appreciate uh, feeling good. Now, you know, I've always had the little saying, it feels good to feel good. I have a much deeper understanding and appreciation of that. Um, anyway, I was sick. Dan keeps mentioning it in the video. So I was just telling you all this to give you a little bit of context. Anyway, I'm... I am recovering and, and resilient. So um, all that to say, hey, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy this interview with Mr. Dan John. Um, Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. It's, it's, I'm really glad you're doing this. This is gonna be great. So Dan, um, first thing, uh, some people might not know you, uh, and which is crazy to me. I don't know how anybody could not know you, but um, you have, you're a, a strength and conditioning coach and you've got a book called 40 Years with a Whistle. And so I'm guessing you've been coaching 40 years. It'd be 41, yeah, this is 41, yeah. All right, um, so to me, what you do best in the strength and conditioning world is that you take very complicated things like strength training uh, or even life in general, and you, you distill everything down to very simple, practical, bite-sized pieces of information, but also small things that people can do. Um, to me, that's one of your gifts. <laughs> Funny you say that because it drives me crazy when people say that. Because when you say something's uh, uh, like we say in the discus throw, it's simple, but it's not easy. Right. And so when the reason you simplify things is because usually because of failure. Uh, because when you're standing there and everything's crashed down around you, uh, you know, you look at you look at everybody else and you go, "Okay, how did we mess this up?" And it almost in almost 100% of the time, it was, we skipped something foundational, something basic. And when you start focusing on it, you know, you, you, you know, you got a house, you know, a house built of bricks on uh, quicksand. Uh, it's a great idea until, you know, you're in quicksand with a, you know, a ton of bricks on you. And it, it, it always starts really with, uh, what are the foundational, what are the basics? in the area of nutrition, instead of arguing over food, uh, vegan or paleo or whatever, I don't care, 
what does everybody agree on is what we do. For example, in, in the way we coach things, um, everybody agrees on the nutrition side that don't eat sugar. Everyone, almost everybody agrees eat vegetables. Don't eat those Frankenstein fats, uh, which are uh, you know made, fats made in a chemistry lab. Uh, don't eat carb, uh, cardboard carbohydrates like uh, anything that comes in a bag or a box. If you just follow those four simple things, you got nutrition. You're okay, probably. And when it comes to when it comes to hydration, hydration, drink water, uh, recovery, sleep. You know, uh, and it, it, it's almost like you, you open yourself up for criticism because it's everything is so obvious. <clears throat> but like with your own recent uh, issues with health, you. you for those of you who missed it, Tim Tim got a got very ill with a, on a trip, and he got a bug, and he doesn't do any well. But I tell you <laughs> one thing: your vision of things after that illness is far clearer. About certain, like I've always said about how delicious water tastes when you have the stomach flu. Of course, you don't hold it down even a second, but God, it tastes so good. Um, so. Where it is true, we keep things simple. I would say more importantly, we keep things foundational. Uh, I'm going to out basic anybody we go against in any sport. In football, we're going to tackle, block, and do ball control better than you. In discus throwing, my throwers are going to do more turns than your throwers. We're going to out foundation you, out basic you. And so, yeah, so I do, I would agree. I make things simple, but at the same time, I don't think I make them easy. Easy to me would be, uh, you know, when you're throwing 500, you're, you're turning 500 discus throws a day. That's simple, but that's not easy. Right. Uh, when you're doing, you know, something like the 10,000 swing program, it's pretty simple. You know, do 500 swings a day for 20 days. That's pretty simple, but it's not easy. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a lot of the viewers on, on the Original Strength uh, YouTube page, uh, they're really into, well, just moving better and feeling better. Sure. Um, and to me, this is where you really shine too. So I just want to ask you, what, what are the, in your opinion, what are the best things a person can do to, to live their life well, to be healthy and enjoy life as they age? Well, let's come at it multifacetally, okay? Let's come at it with the big picture. Um, and I joke about it. it's usually the five F's, you know, it's friendships and it's finances and it's food, it's family, you know, uh, and it's fitness. And each of those is going to have the same truths. And uh, to, when I was in college, Coach Mom said, early and often over the long haul. So when it comes to me for like financial issues, you know, um, if as a, as a young person, you set up an emergency you know, $1,500, $2,000 in case you you're, you need new tires and take in case your water heater breaks. Um, and then being as debt-free as you can. Um, and then from there, have this vision of this, the word is usually called fortune fund, or some people use the word bucket list, but that's a little different. So this idea that maybe one day you want a sailboat or you want to travel around the world, you know, for six weeks, first class. So... But to me, it's the simple thing. You know, you have that emergency stash. Emergency, things come up a little bit. And then keeping debt-free and then having a vision of things. 
that same truism I just said about finances, which, you know, by the way, that's how Anthony uh, uh, Robbins explains it in his workshops. Uh, that's how most people explain it in their workshops. They call it the three bucket theory sometimes. But when it comes to something like fitness, uh, fitness is, you know, um, being able to do a task. But, you know, if, if you know how to fall and recover, you floss your teeth, you wear your seatbelt, um, you don't smoke, those are the st st statistical big ones. Um, you take care of that, uh, know how to swim, know how to ride a bike. Uh, you take care of those basics, go for a walk every day. Uh, the, the bulk of lung, what you can do for your own longevity just got taken care of. Now, flossing isn't very sexy, <laughs> but it has far more value than popping these pills that a guy told you uh, in a bus on the way to you know work was this magic thing, and you know now you're in some multi-level marketing scheme. Trust me, flossing your teeth is better than almost any supplement you can throw in your mouth. So two things: one, obviously you've never seen me floss because I make it look good, especially with the new the little placards picks. But two is so my the very first episode of the OS podcast was is the story of how OS started. And no joke, it started with selling vitamins, multi-level marketing. <laughs> so, really? yeah, really. So, I mean, uh, I, that's for everybody to listen to when, uh, well, they've already listened to it by this point. But, yeah, so that's how I found kettlebells was multi-level marketing uh, sales for vitamins. It's a crazy story. And, and I'm not saying it's bad or good, but uh, almost everything in life, success-wise, is, uh, you know, when you're age four or five up to age 18 to 23, that's when you should be taking care of your education. It's miles easier to graduate from high school when everyone in your class is graduating from high school. Yes. You know, and you decide not to go to math class and they say you got to come back for summer school, that's miles harder than going to math class your sophomore year. And if you decide not to go to college, it's miles harder at 40 than it is at 18, 19, 20. By the way, I have lots of adult students, but they will, they will reaffirm what I just said. Oh, to be 19 again with no kids and no husband, how did I, you know, why did I not go to class or you know, show up? So <clears throat> any aspect of life, there's gonna be this, uh, and, and really people call it grandma's rules or whatever you want. And it's absolutely true of every aspect of life. There's these obvious things that if you just step back and say, you know, my mom said that, sorry about that, sugar and starches make you fat. My mom said go outside and play. Um, if you avoid sugar and starches and you go outside and play eight hours a day, we don't have to have a personal trainer. My personal trainer is all the neighborhood kids and the balls and the games and the silliness. And we all know, but the bulk of people know this. And so when I talk about this at workshops, very often I lean in like, this is amazing stuff. And it's like, it's not amazing stuff. It's stuff we all know. Right on. Um, so when I first met you or the first time I saw you speak, you talked about uh, fall prevention or being able to fall and recover. Yes. Um, can you? Why is that important? Or can you just tell how you approach that? Well, this is embarrassing because <laughs> this is actually embarrassing because I'm about to make a really obvious point that never occurred to me 
until Taylor Lewis pointed this out. So I am a little embarrassed. Uh, I'm 62, so at my age, the most dangerous thing in this house is the floor. When I go outside, the most dangerous thing outside for me is that concrete, that cement, that rock pile, that, you know. So being able to slip and prevent yourself from breaking any joints is very important. At my age, uh, if you had two exact people, one got a cancer diagnosis and the other person slipped and broke a joint, statistically, the person with the cancer diagnosis has a better long-term uh, chance for a living than the person who breaks the joint. Isn't that fascinating? That's cool. Uh, and it also tells you where, where modern uh, medicine is advanced. So I say that to you. So it's been my belief for a million years that you, <laughs> that you should learn to fall, uh, break a fall. Taylor Lewis said something genius to me. He goes, well, that's true, but wouldn't it also be a good idea to learn how to stumble, to learn how to stumble-proof yourself? And I just want to slap him when he said it because, yes, okay. Okay, so, so this, now... There's, I'm gonna give you, there's gonna be three parts of this, okay? Just right. as simple as falling. But this is the way I want you to start thinking about things. So I'm right. <laughs> learning how to break a fall, learning how to roll, roll out of a slip is very important. But it's also very valuable to practice standing on one foot, to push your balance a little bit. I have this dr drill where we do speed skaters, and it goes one leg to the other leg, and while you're on the single, like if I'm on my left leg, I'm consciously pushing my left ear away to challenge my balance. And sometimes you, you get here and you're too far over and you shake a little bit and then you catch yourself. That's stumble proofing. Right on. So another drill he has, what I think is genius, much harder than it looks. You're going to take uh, my, I'm standing on my left foot. My right foot is in the air. I'm going to take my right hand, and I'm going to touch my knees. I'm going to touch the top of my socks. I'm going to touch the top of my shoelace. And I'm going to touch my shoe, uh, my toes and hold it there. My right leg is, of course, going to just you know swing out behind as a counterbalance, you know, like, like a tail. But when you get in that position, that is stumble-proofing. You're practicing with my little speed skater drill with the touch sequence you're practicing stumbling now i know that sounds crazy because people come the next day and say man my butt really hurts from that that butt exercise what butt exercise well they feel it because their butt has to engage so hard as you know as we lever down the right hand going out to that left foot and of course the, the whole button hamstrings and all that just shake and shake Okay, so that's step one. Step two is learning to break a fall, tumbling, rolling, uh, protecting your protecting your head, which is the most important thing you do. It's okay to break both arms. You don't want to break this. Right. And then the third part is the balance. Okay. Learn not to fall. If you do, roll with it. And if you do, bounce back up. And that's the third area there is the area that I'm most excited about in my current work is teaching people to be resilient, to bounce back. Um, as you know, I've had a number of surgeries in my life. Um, 
And I think one of the things, especially this uh, December 18th last year, I had a total hip replacement on my right leg. I was born with a condition called pistol grip hips. So instead of ball and sockets, they're like that, okay? It's DNA, it's just what I have. Um, there's, there's other phrases for it, but the correct term is pistol grip hips. So my whole life, I have been grinding on my hip sockets. It's just, that's, just, that's just who I am. My, I have a brother who has it, I have a cousin who has it, my niece Danielle had it, okay? So I get this total hip replacement, and six months later at my daughter's wedding, uh, we have a Highland Games, and I flipped the cable six months after total hip replacement. My point on this is that I wanted to bounce out of that surgery. Uh, when life uh, kicks me in the face, I want to bounce back in, and it does. You're right where you are in your own life right now, Tim, with the with the illness from the trip. Right now, you're you're testing your resilience. How are you bouncing back? And and it's interesting as I go through that three-part thing is that to me that is one of the most important concepts I've come up with in the last few years is this idea of here's prevention uh, flossing your teeth every day okay <laughs> here is uh, root canals and then here is making better choices long-term nutritionally after you had the root canal there's there's this three part to it the, trying to get you to balance through life, boing, 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 boing. If you get deployed in the military, when you come home, I want you to balance back. Uh, as a coach in, in, a, in a collision sport game, you hit the ground, I want you to bounce back up and get back into the play. Uh, it destroys the offensive coordinator's X's and O's because you got knocked down, but you're back in. So that to me is a, a, your, your point, and I like it. This is where my brain is heading right um, and also, too, one thing I hope you really picked up on, I gave full credit to Taylor Lewis for that insight, right? Yes. I give full credit to you for all the work you've done with me with original strength. And by the way, folks, and this is absolutely truth, I've had two total hip replacements because of this condition, and Tim has been there both times for me, 100%. I call them six-point rocks, and they were a game-changer. And even both of my surgeons have said, They've never had a, a patient come back so fast. So original strength is a game changer. But my point on this is that without you, without Taylor, without Lacey, without Mark, 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 and Mark, without Mike, 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 and Mike, and Mike, and Mike, uh, and Lonnie, <laughs> and, and, and Seth, and a few others, uh, and without community, without these kind of dialogues, I dry up. You know, I start to believe this narrow little line and, and ignore stumble-proofing. I ignore six-point rocks. I ignore original strength. Not ignore I don't know about them. So I think that's why being communal is so important, especially where we are in, in, our, in our field. Well, yeah, there's, that's, that's really deep and rich. Um, you, you told me one time, how important community was, but also surrounding yourself with people that are surrounding yourself with people that you want to be like, and but also people that are different from you. Like so, like-minded people as far as like they aspire to. You see something, a quality in somebody that you admire. Surround yourself with those people, but also surround yourself with diversity to open and expand your mind. 
Yeah, I think it's actually hurting the United States. You know, as we're speaking now uh, today, you know, the uh, the uh, impeachment hearings are going, and it's fascinating because one of the great insights from Abraham Lincoln, you know, was that, and I think it made a huge difference uh, because most people. When you look at probably great leaders in history, and certainly if you just had 45 on a list of 45, you would probably put Lincoln at the top as a leader. Now, you can argue other, you know, I mean, certainly FDR was, you know, certainly a game changer. And Washington, no question, he was amazing. And certainly there's many others too. But one of the things he did as a leader is he surrounded himself with people he disagreed with, uh, with people with opposing viewpoints. And there's a great genius in that. I think one of the things that hurt our kettlebell community is we had, and, and Tim, I, I'll be as candid as I can be, is all of a sudden everything was so yes man, yes this. You know, we called each other this, you know, this phrase from communism that really I didn't think was appropriate for, especially from my family's background, you know, probably not a good choice. Um, and we all started to go wear the same outfits, look the same, talk the same. And when someone would branch away, whack, cut out of the community. Well, I have great, I have great friends and I have uh, great uh, professional friends like you and I are. I also, so what I guess what I'm trying to say is both, both are right. Would you agree with this? I want to, they, the cliche is that you are the sum of your five best friends. But at the same time, you also need another group of friends who, who uh, I guess the new phrase is throw shade, who throw shade. <laughs> Dan John uh, is on, hit. <laughs> who throw shade on your most cherished beliefs. So it's important for me to, to it's important for me, I mean, I, no, I think veganism is, is a religion in many ways. I think, of course, I think paleo is. Heck, uh, CrossFit fits the, the definition of religion better than most religions. Um, but one of the things you need in these communities is someone to, you need people to agree, come together, but you also need those rubs. That's why I'm such a believer in, and you've been to my intentional community workouts, right? Yes. Where just basically say, what do you want to work on today? Because Tim Anderson, after uh, getting sick on a road trip, he needs a different kind of workout, uh, different needs. One of the things you need to do is you need to show up, share your story, let all of us say, dude, man, that's rough. And then all of us consciously worrying about you the whole workout. I'm not going to try a world record front squat with you and then say, here, you're up next. You know, so we need both. We need the people who give us those little rubs. Because you know what? I mean, you know, that's what that's what smooths the stones, right? Those little rubbing, you know, um, smooths life. But we also need to come together, too. Um, we don't want this. You know, we want, we want this. Kind of corny. Uh, my friend, uh, Joe Cormier, a brilliant man, he one time explained life as a tapestry. And he said, you've got all these little threads and you follow this thread in and it's just a silver thread. When you stand 10 feet back, uh, you see I don't know, uh, a 
beautiful deer and being embraced by, embraced by a knight in a you know in a, in a picnic or whatever. But when you get too close, all you see is these little threads. When you stand back, you see something beautiful. And I've always thought that was the best way to talk about what we do. Is what we do is that good coaches. We build a tapestry, and that tapestry becomes your life and the communal life of our of our gym and our world. Well, yeah. So, good coaches. Um, to me, like so, I I, I I try to pay attention to everything you say. So, you you said. By the way, you're the first man that I've ever ironed a shirt for, um, and that makes no sense. But the first time I met you was at a, a Perform Better Personal Trainer Summit, and you were talking about uh, hanging out with people uh, that you wanted to be like, who were smarter than you, and and picking their brain. And you made this statement that maybe you invite them out to dinner or whatever just so you can sit at their feet and listen to them so you can glean knowledge. So I took you up on that. And after you were talking, I asked you if you wanted to, if I could buy you a drink that night. And you said yes. And I was so excited. I went to the hotel room and ironed a shirt for the first time in my life. Um, I don't even know where I was going with that. Oh, uh, so where I was going with that is you have been coaching and teaching for 40 years um, and building com- you 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 set the bar, you actually, you build community. Like I have never seen you present anything where you did not put your phone number as the first slide on your, your presentations. And to me, that is, I don't, I don't know that anybody else does that, Dan. Um, but you do it and it's your cell number. It's not, it's not a number that's not going to go anywhere. You know, that's not going to not go anywhere. Right. It's your cell number. And and the funny thing about that is, is one, you give people your cell number, hundreds and hundreds of people a year, but two, you answer the phone. Um, so I don't know. That to me is amazing. Uh, that is building, to me, that builds community too. Um, but it also leads by example and shows people a different way than, than what they're used to, especially in today's world. Well, and I think, you know, you've also, you've also spent time in that room right there. You've lived with us. And wouldn't you say, I mean, I almost have to say a guy like you can go to one of my workshops and stand up halfway through and say, he does everything he says. Yes. When you say it's true? Absolutely. Yes. When you wake up in the morning and the first thing I, I drink coffee and I write papers, right? Yes. <laughs> I answer every email. I answer every question, and then I drink more coffee. I change, and then we go out and do the cert or whatever you're here for, and we just do it. And, and then you sneak into my garage and take videos. Yes, yes, I did while you're sleeping. Um, so, and this, I don't even. I, you may have answered this. I don't know if you can answer this. You give your phone number out, and you tell people that they can call it, and you'll answer. And if you don't, you'll call them back. Why? Why do you do that? Oh well, that's that's very that's very simple. In fact, I just talked to him a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's my coach, Dick Nutmer. Um, you know, he I was a 162 pound high school graduate. And, you know, he took me under his wing, charged 25 cents a week uh, for five days a week. We Olympic lifted for about three hours. It was 25 cents a week. Um, my debt to the universe is so high to, to the strength coach. You know, I met him and I weighed 162. Four months later, I weighed 202. Ooh. People didn't recognize uh, I would be doing something that I get a lot of these looks, you know. 
famously, my brother Gary, who had just gotten married, hadn't seen me in a while, walked, I walked in, and he looked up and he went, holy shit, <laughs> because I was just so transformed, and uh, Dick took me from, a, I would say I was a very good high school athlete, I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to be, uh, uh, you know, all full of myself, but you, know, you look at the numbers, you know, I weighed 162 and threw the discus 170, and I lead, led the team, you can watch the film still, and I led the team in tackles, I mean, just almost by double. Um, I later had people tell, tell me that they went to the other side of the whole game just to avoid, you know, my area, and um, which was quite nice, and then I wouldn't make it to the films, and next week they'd run at me. And then, I, and up to, up to the, with Dick's help, I, I became the state champion. Uh, our team won the state championship in junior college, and I became the MVP for uh, Utah State a couple years later. So, you know, um, I owe everything I have to Dick and his wife, Joy. Uh, he was also with me during a really trying time in my life. And uh, I, I call him up, and he'll tell me, Dang! And he'll tell me that, uh, he'll say the weirdest things, like, you know, he's 88 now. And uh, he'll go, you know, I think all those years of exercising and eating protein and eating right really had an effect in my life. And I just want to laugh out loud. It's like, yeah, Dick, I know, man. <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, when he was 47 years old and we had this big event and he showed up, which was really nice. And it was, it was an event for, for me and my family. And he showed up and people go, well, he's your weightlifting coach. He's just, he's just not that, he's not that impressive looking. I thought he'd be more like a, you know, and of course bodybuilder. You know? And I go, well, here's the funny thing. How old do you think he is? I don't know, late 20s? Yeah, he's 47. And then people go, oh. And that's that's kind of what I've always, I want to be the oh guy in people's lives. You know, I want to, I want to, I don't know if I'll ever pay back my debt uh, that I owe the weightlifting world. And uh, like I tell people at most workshops, you know, I owe you guys, you know, guys like yourself and, and Dick Notmeyer and a bunch of other people, uh, Ralph Mon, my Utah State coach, and the late uh, Bob Lahati just died about a month ago. He's my JC coach. And, you know, these guys, uh, these people just uh, took me out of their wing. And, and I just feel that, uh, I mean, I wouldn't want to say Tiff and I are, are billionaires or anything, but, you know, we have a really nice home. We, and you've been here, right? It's not, it's not a hobble, you know. We've got, what, six decks in the backyard. Well, uh, Men's Health said that my garage was America's top gym. And I travel first class about 300,000 miles a year. Uh, I spent a month, a year in Ireland, Galway. That's a pretty good life. That's all because of guys like Dick Knobler and yourself and Ralph Mullen and some others. So uh, I just feel like if I can make a difference, every time I can make a difference, I make a difference. And that's, that sounds pretty obvious when you say it out loud, but that's, that's the idea. Well, you definitely make a difference. Um, you've had everything uh, to do with anything that I've been able to accomplish. So, and you're just a strong influence. So, I thank you for that. Um, got a question for you. Out of all the lifting and weight training you do, what's your favorite exercise? Well, it kind of kind of changes with uh, what's going on. But I'm going to tell you right now, uh, the prowler. Yeah. Pushing the prowler. Yeah, okay. I, <laughs> I did not I, expect that. <laughs> I've 
thought that sprinting up hills was a magic secret, but the Prowler is a, it's a sprint up a hill, but you have to plank and engage the entire upper body. Yep. So you feel your quads and your butt and your calves start to burn, but you don't notice that you're also locked and loaded here. And so if, if you only had your one-stop shop, you know, prowlers. Of course, you know, at other times in my life, I'd have said, this will tell you how interesting I was as a kid. I always wanted to live well, basically like I do now. And I thought I would only do two exercises. This is weird. I went, now we're going back. So this, you're now in 1974 in my brain. And I decided back when I was a senior in high school, so junior in high school, that the two best exercises are the incline bench press and the squat snatch, the Olympic squat snatch. And I look back on the, this is 1974, and I think, you know, that kid's pretty spar. That's not bad. And so I would probably, uh, the exercise I need the most is pull-ups. Uh, the exercise I get the biggest benefits out of, prowlers, uh, my perfect pro- <laughs> We'll call it the three P workout, PPP. Uh, prowlers, pull up and press. There's your million dollar workout. Go make money on it. Uh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Uh, in fact, I just came up with that. You should write that down. Uh-huh. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'll be doing it tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, keep a journal. Yes, sir. Most people don't. Three uh, P workout, PPP. Three P. So it's prowler. Pull up, press. That's not bad at all. That's really good. I like it. Um, I, You're not about that. That's interesting. Yeah. So prowler, uh, prowler pushes. To me, that goes in the carry line or loaded gate pattern training. So I am all for it. I think it's amazing. And also, too, you know, I've been looking at people at the. So I have a trainer. Three days a week, I get. I have a trainer that works. Okay. Uh, I think if you coach yourself, you have an idiot for a client. Okay. So, anyway, but I've been watching some other people do some training, and one of the things that's really changed my, my coaching is to, to observe, um, one guy at the gym, Toby, loves doing uh, loaded bear crawls, uh, you know, bear crawls, uh, dragging the sled. And one of the things that came up was watching him is that I realized that bear crawls are in the squat family. They're squat. Uh, if I could do it all again, you know, I, I invented the goblet squat, uh, I hate it. people give, well, he, I, I invented it. It's my thing, but you know, no one cares. Um, but what I've learned is that the bear hug carry, you know, the bear hug carry, and I say stop and squat, teaches the squat better than anything I've ever seen. So one of the nice things about where I'm at in my career is that my, my vision, my literally my vision, what I see in 2019, 2020, I can see bear crawls. I, I, you know, it's I me mean, like in my workshop, 2020 workshop. I quote you, and I, I call it bear gauge or something like that. I can't remember the bear gauge or something like that. But I can see these exercises now in in such a different light than I used to. So prowlers can be hinges, or if it goes heavier, they start to become squatty. Um, so if you're doing a prowler with that boom boom, 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 leg drive, it's a hingy exercise. 
as you start to go heavy and you start to slop a little bit, which is bad, there's no bad or good here, and go boom, it becomes very squatty. Uh, and I, I don't know if I'd have picked up on that uh, a decade ago. I, 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 I have the vision for it. I love it too because reflexively your body knows what to do and it stacks up against it. Like yes. you don't have to, you don't have to put your mind into it. Your body just knows what to do, and it and it can handle it. And it and and if it doesn't stack up against it, it doesn't move. It doesn't not the way it's supposed to anyway. Yeah, uh, I can. You know, uh, there's always this argument in American football about using sleds for blocking or, and tackling. And I always thought it was the best conditioner for American football, especially when you had a couple drills. We go sled, 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 roll, get up, and sprint. To me, that's the best. In fact, that's probably the best drill you can do for everybody listening. Push the prowler, uh, hit the ground, do a push-up, pop-up, and sprint. Because I call that level training. You change levels. Um, so, um, let me go over that real quick. So, when I'm laying on my face, I'm prone, and then I roll to my back, you would call that rolling. But really, that's the start of level change. If I'm in the half kneeling position and then do a very simple shoulder roll to the prone position, now that's a roll, but I change levels from half kneeling to to the ground. Pardon me. If I'm goblet squatting and then go to the ground and do push-ups, then jump up and do swings, I've had three different levels. And then if I had a sprint after that or goblet squat into a sprint, I'm changing levels. Uh, one of the drills we do at the gym, which I like, <clears throat> is goblet squats followed by prowler followed by push-up. So it goes like this, it goes like this, it goes like this. Three different levels, and I think that's, I think that's the way humans should train. Well, do you, I don't know if you understand. No, you just did this, but you basically went prowler pushing um, to fall proofing. To bouncing, exactly in your in your in your football right. drill and how you train right now. <laughs> in fact, I'll add the bounce thing to my work. I, I didn't even think about it, but you're right because basically, basically level training is bounce training, isn't it? Yes, well, that's uh, his bounce. That's really good, folks. I'm sorry I, I take notes as we go, but um, so not only is he a great coach and teacher he is also well he's a fantastic student and i think that's what makes you such a great such a great teacher first yeah um still i'm still at the knees uh still uh, uh, listening to the great mentors of my life uh one of the things I, i've tried to do uh for example with coach mon is i put together this little thing i had it on uh, Instagram, but then but when I lost my account, I lost my thing. But fortunately, I still have the thing up here on my, my documents. But so I took everything I could think about what Coach Mon taught globally, and I wrote the ten the ten parts. Uh, he was just a master. I'll just give you a couple of his quotes, okay? Just real fast. Yeah. Uh, whenever you look at uh, the secret to all coaching and training, and every every aspect of life little and often over the long haul okay here's the secret to recruiting okay you recruit speed and smarts because those are the only two things you can't coach which <laughs> i thought was delightful that's good uh, his answer to every track and field event was attack with the knee and his what he liked to do 
from hurdling to high jumping to long jumping to pole vault to it's not perfect in the in the, the linear shot, but it's pretty good in the uh, the discus. Even in the hammer, it works. But he had this great ability to see these. He could just look at a series of things and then just pull out, kind of like Sherlock Holmes, kind of like he could just pull out those things that connected the dots. You know, he was just a genius at that. He was the one that taught us about the two-day lag rule. Um, the day before a contest, you can train pretty hard, but two days before, you got to take it absolutely as easy as you can. And it's interesting because delayed onset onset muscle soreness usually is most apparent 48 hours after. Yep. His idea was that, you know, Thursday night, easy workout, you'll get a good sleep. Friday, you know, we can get a workout, but, you know, we live in dorms, so Friday night's crazy. But we were okay because we had we had the big night, good night's sleep Thursday, and we were just fine. Let's go beat up on somebody on Saturday. Uh, just just a genius, just just an absolute genius. He was doing sled pulls before any of us. Well, any of us were born, really. Uh, just just a smart guy. Believed you should only lift weights three days a week. Uh, you should only do your event four days a week. But the key was doing it for eight years. <clears throat> you know, you can't. And the hard thing that I never got it is you can't rush those eight years. So you start working with a 60 year old boy and they want to be world class two years. And there's, you know, you can take a ton of drugs, you can do all kinds of things. You'll get good. But if you took the eight years of rigorous, intelligent, progressive training, you'll be much farther ahead at 24 uh, than you will be at 18. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a hard thing. Uh, uh, so that's enough. But the guy was so my mentors really make, were the big difference makers in my career. Well, my uh, my father-in-law said something I'll never forget. He said, "When you stop learning, you die." Um, and I thought that was just a, it was it was amazing. I'd never heard it before. And and he is very mentally agile. He's very physically active and. He's in his seventies, but he's he's as active as a forty-year-old. So, and I'm like, all right. So, note taken. I'm not going to stop learning. <laughs> and that's I, I I don't know if you read my wandering weights, but you know that's what I'm trying to do each and every week is share these lessons I pick up. You know, uh, one of the things that's nice about having a weekly thing like I have is it forces me to come up with something for everybody. You know, I mean, I, I would do it anyway. But having the, having that deadline seems to make me go okay. Like today, already, I'm already very. I'm I'm a little behind on this week's. I don't have to have it done until Monday. But I'm it's, you know I'm already oh I got to get going. Gotta, right. That's what that's what you want. Your 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 father-in-law is a wise man. I like him. Um, well, listen, uh, Dan, I I've got so many more questions, but I think it would be best just to run a series with you um, for some of these things. Um, is that is that good with you? Yeah, if you want to have a bit, uh, an overarching topic every time, or just questions, either way. Yeah, no, uh, we could certainly do both. Um, before before we go, uh, I got a question for you, and this will just kind of tell me a little bit more about you. Um, you choose Ron Burgundy or Ron Swanson? Ron Swanson. Right on! I knew, you're my man. All right, I knew it. I, I already knew that. Like, I just had a, I had a feeling. Um, he's, Ron Swanson, I, I didn't appreciate that show enough when it first came out. 
my daughter Kelly absolutely loves uh, Nook. Amy Nope. Amy Nope. 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 <laughs> my daughter Kelly just loves her. But the Leslie Ron Nope. Swanson character is just, when he goes, the vegan bacon moment is just like one of those, or when he goes to food and stuff, when they have that burger uh, contest. Yes. And he, and he, Um, yeah, it was a, it was a great show. It is a great, great show. Great, 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 yeah, and that's a uh, Leslie Note, uh, Ron Swanson. Um, that's, that's it. Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. I, I messed that up too. So, um, I, hey, thank you. My daughter was for uh, Halloween. Oh, that's 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 a good good costume. Listen, thank you so much for uh, spending your time and sharing your knowledge. If if the viewers uh, want to learn more about you, I know they can go to danjohn.net. They can uh, sign up for your wandering weights uh, uh, email newsletter at davedraper.com. Is that right? And it's right there, danjohn.net. You'll see wandering weights right there as you come to the page. Okay. But you can also go to ontargetpublications.com. And I also have another website called danjohnworkouts.com. But uh, really just... Uh, and... Trust me, you'll find it. Listen, also Amazon.com sells almost, I think, all your books. Um, and how many have you written? 14. 14? <laughs> We're going to talk about that next time. Um, but Amazon.com, by the way, you need to update your author page. It has not been updated since uh, 2016, just just so you know. Looking out for you. Um, but other than that, to, but okay. <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show. All right, my friend. I'll go and update it right now, okay? Yes, sir. Have a good day. Yes, sir. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Original Strength Podcast. If you made it this far, thank you so much.